Well, when I got in touch with Kevin Eschenfelder, Root Sports Rockets host, uh, just a couple of days ago about coming on the show, we were it's going to be all positive. It's the hottest team in, in the NBA, a 10-game winning streak. But, uh, Kevin, some, some bad news yesterday. Clint Capella looks like he's going to be out six weeks with the broken fibula. Uh, if you're the Rockets, uh, where do you go from here as far as Capella is concerned? Because I know Montrez Harrell has played really well, but Harrell is a guy that, you know, he's good in those like in those few minute spurts. And you you also sort of didn't want to play at the beginning of the season. Nene on back to back. So this might be a little bit complicated for them to, to make up those minutes. Right. Well, what you want to do and what you have to do sometimes are two different things. So, uh, you know, you might just – it's all hands on deck until you can get get him back. But, uh, you know, hey, Montrez Harrell, to his credit, I, I'm so impressed with his professionalism. Sometimes in young players when they, you know, they, they get a chance and then it, then when they get sent back down to the D League or they don't get a whole lot of playing time, you know, they, they kind of – it becomes a negative situation. And Montrez Harrell had some coaches get with him and say, look, keep working, keep working. Uh, your opportunity is going to come. The difference between, you know, guys that make it and guys that don't, at your level is, you know, the guys that have the, when their opportunity comes, they're ready for it or they're not. Uh, Montrez Harrell was ready for it. I, I'm, I'm really interested to see what he does from here on, because I love the way Montrez plays. And, and Calvin and I talk about this all the time. When you play as hard as he does, uh, you know, not everybody on the floor is always playing that hard and, and you're going to be able to take advantage of that. And I think as far as your teammates are concerned, they, they have to play harder. Uh, I think he leveled it. He raises the level of, of everybody's uh, playing level. and I'm looking forward to seeing what, what he's going to do with this opportunity. Do you think Daryl Morey has lost uh, or has deleted Donatus Montiuzis' number from his telephone at this point? Is that ship sailed? Is it too late to go <laughs> back to, to Demo? I, you know, I, and that is such a, it was such a, a strange situation throughout the whole thing. So I, I don't exactly know. You know, a lot of people ask me, hey, what's going on? I, you know, I know what you guys know. Uh, so um, I, I think any general manager is going to always keep in mind whatever has gives him an op- best opportunity to win. And uh, so, no, I wouldn't, I wouldn't think he would rule anything out. Boy, that game against Minnesota on Saturday night, that was one of the most impressive Rockets regular season's wins that we've seen in the last few years. Well, what did you think about that? Because, uh, you know, I had counted them for dead. And you know what? The Timberwolves – uh, they were out playing the Rockets, and it wasn't the Rockets were playing, I thought, terrible basketball. I just thought Minnesota looked like a really good ball club, but that's been an issue with them all season. They just can't finish games. Uh, you know, I was actually in uh, I was in Las Vegas for the Las Vegas Bowl for that, during that game. And, but, I, you know, just I followed it closely, and, and it looked to me like uh, – I just think that's a credit to the Rockets because you've seen they've won games in different ways. Uh, they've, they, they've been games that they haven't played well against. Against, New, uh, against Brooklyn, uh, they didn't play well. They won the game. Uh, they've had games where they just blew people out. They've had games where uh, they've had to make plays at the end. That was certainly one of those where they had to, what were they down 12 with two minutes left in the game and, uh, you know, made plays down the stretch. And obviously, yeah, I think you learn a little bit from every victory and you learn a little bit from every loss. And certainly uh, that's one that you're going to, you're going to put in the memory bank and, and, it's a confidence builder, and, and uh, you know, I got, and Minnesota's just a strange team. I, I'm really surprised that they've had the struggles they've had. I thought they were really going to be that team to take that next step and, and be a playoff type of contending team. But, man, they've really struggled, and they, they did not look good down the stretch the other night. Yeah, they look like one of those teams that just needs a veteran or two to, 
to calm them down in those fourth quarter situations. I thought there were some defensive lapses that they made, you know, from the from the T Wolves perspective. But from the Rockets' perspective, when you get a win like that, th- that's this is how you build winning streaks, and this is how that happens. And I don't know how much you remember of that 2008. Uh, I think it was 22 game winning streak, which was one of the longest in the NBA. I believe it was the second longest uh, at the time. Uh, th- that's you know that's the situation where you know you need a win like this, but you also need things to uh, t- to happen like Clint Capella maybe staying healthy. But people need to remember that there were times uh, there were quite a few games in that winning streak that Yao Ming was out. They didn't have Yao Ming during that streak. Yeah, I think most of it they didn't have Yao Ming during that streak, and I don't remember the exact number, but I remember the vast. I think the vast majority of it Yao didn't play, and uh, but Tracy McGrady played maybe. One of his best, you know, month and a half, two months of basketball, maybe of his career in consecutive times. But uh, look, his T Mac really carried them during that streak. But uh, uh, you know, hey, you got to you got to win games if you're going to survive in the West. And 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 you know, they've certainly been a. I think to me personally, and this is no knock on anybody, but to me they've been a pleasant surprise. I I did not expect them to be. I didn't expect the Rockets to be where they are right now. And uh, again, you got to you got to do those things that uh, people don't expect you to do, and you got to do them on a consistent basis. And certainly, with Mike D'Antoni's system, and they seem like they've really taken to it very, very well. And uh, credit to him, credit to the players, because uh, I know he talked about guys making sacrifices in their game and in their numbers, and for the betterment of the team. Something you don't see a whole lot of NBA teams do, or all NBA teams do. Uh, but the good ones certainly do, and then that's what they're doing right now. Maybe the biggest surprise in the last uh, few games, and as the Rockets have gotten better and better, and I, Kevin, everybody was talking about the oh, the Rockets' defense, and Mike D'Antoni can't coach defense, and the Rockets uh, don't want to play defense. But hey, they, they they've had one of the better defenses in the NBA during this winning streak. No doubt, uh, one of only one of the when you watch them from up top. I mean, when you watch them from where where our vantage point is now, you really see them. And I still believe that, that so much of it, and I'm not a basketball coach by any means, but so much of playing defense, everybody looks at one-on-one defense. But if you watch it from the stands, uh, you really see the help. You see guys talking and communicating and, and uh, backside, you know, backside help and things like that. You really see them working well together as a team defensively. You know, we think of defense, we think of one guy guards another guy. And uh, when you watch them closely, it's really a whole lot more than that. And they really bought into Jeff, what Jeff Bizdelic is selling. And, uh, you know, to me, effort is, is a big part of it. And they play hard on the defensive end. Speaking of defense, there's a guy that uh, leads this defense really by his example. And just it seems like everything turned on a dime when he came back into the lineup. And that's Patrick Beverly. Talk to me a little bit about what he's been able to do and, and what the influence that you see from him, what he, how he's been able to influence the rest of this team uh, in this winning streak and, and the way they've the way they played since he's been back. You know, what I what I liked about what Pat has done is Pat got paid. And, and you know, some guys and I'm not saying Pat was that kind of guy. Some guys, they get paid and, and they're just never the same. Pat Beverly has to his credit, man, he he got a contract. And now it's as if he plays harder now or as hard now as he ever did. And, and he's, he has gotten – last year I felt like he was trying to focus more on the offensive side of the ball, or offensive side of the court. This year, man, he's doing it at both ends. Doesn't, he, he certainly appears to me as if he's a guy that couldn't care less if he scores six or scores 16, as long as they get a win. And he's you know, really kind of does what he needs to do defensively on his man. I mean, the, the – 
I, I really thought the other night against Oklahoma City, uh, you'll remember Russell Westbrook took that off balance or kind of a crazy three at the end of the game. I, I think Pat Beverly had what Westbrook really frustrated almost to the point of, I'm going to take this shot just to show you. And it worked out in the, in the Rockets' favor because certainly, uh, you know, it was it was, a, it was not a good shot. It was the kind of shot, if you want Russell Westbrook taking a shot on you, that's the one you want. But, uh, yeah, Pat, is, he, he's been outstanding. He, he could not ask for anything more than what he's gotten from him. Nobody does those chase-down rebounds better than him. He's getting, starting to get double digits a game and rebounding. The Rockets' guards actually better rebounders than their bigs at this point between Harden and Beverly. And I would be remiss if I didn't mention Eric Gordon. I mean, to me, if there's one surprise that's just a guy that's blown me away, not only on the offensive end, but on the defensive end, but the range. I mean, it's how you look at what he's been able to do and you think, how could the Pelicans with Anthony Davis and you need somebody to maybe give him some space, how could they let Eric Gordon go? I mean, he's had the injury issues and maybe that had something to do with it. But is that as big a surprise as anything to you? I'm surprised at how good of a shooter he is. I knew Eric Gordon could score, and I knew he was a, a really good scorer. I mean, there's never been a question with any – the only question that's ever been with Eric Gordon has been his ability to stay on the court. Uh, <laughs> attendance is part of the grade, and, and he's just never – if you look back at his year by year, I mean, I don't think he's missed less than 15 games over the last – you know, I think the, the most he's played is, you know, what, 58, something like that. I'm just – this is off the top of my head – over the last five or six seasons. So it's always been just his, whether or not he is, and he's young. So it's just been whether or not uh, he's been able to stay healthy. And that's the only thing, but man, Eric Gordon, you're right. His, uh, I didn't realize he was that good of a shooter and uh, I knew he could score and I knew he could get to the basket, but man, he is, he's taken it to a different level. And, and it's one of those, I don't know if it's the system that gets them open shots, but I mean, they're knocking down open shots or is it the, or is it the knocking down the shots that, that makes the system good? I don't know which one is which, but Whatever the case is, I wouldn't question it too much right now. I would just enjoy it for what it is because, man, they're playing well. Yeah, he's on fire. It's unbelievable. I want to switch gears because you mentioned the Las Vegas Bowl. You're the the radio voice of the Houston Cougars. Uh, What did you think of that? Because uh, there was so much excitement. You and I were at the Major Applewhite uh, press conference when he was introduced as the head coach. What happened? What, what, what was the what was the deal with the Cougars on Saturday, and 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 how disappointing is it as a as a Cougar fan to see uh, how they finished up the season? Well, you know, it, it was disappointing. It's going to happen whenever you have coaching changes like that. And I'm by no means making any excuses for them, but they came out and they played so well. I, to be honest with you, I thought, man, they're going to blow they're going to blow San Diego State out. But what, I mean, San Diego State, I think at, at the end of the first quarter had minus yards of total offense. And, uh, and, you know, they've been so good against uh, against really good running backs. Dalvin Cook, Samaje Piran, Joe Mixon, uh, Lamar Jackson, obviously quarterback. But uh, they've been really good against premier players. And uh, they came out, you know, all, running on all cylinders. But I think that uh, San Diego State made it, started making adjustments. The Cougars had five coaches. I mean, that's, that's what they had. I mean, they, Houston had five coaches, and they were all on the field. You know, you had, uh, you had consult the, the analyst guys upstairs. They didn't even have enough coaches to be on headset up in the booth. So I think at, uh, at some point, you know, in, a, in that sense, I think that, that hurt them. But uh, it is what it is. And, you know, now it's up to Major to, to put it together and, and, and start moving forward because they're certainly – they're in a good place. Uh, 
fact is you win nine games and you consider it a disappointment. I think they're in pretty good shape as far as uh, Houston Cougar football is concerned now, but now you got to build on it because it's, it is certainly that, uh, as we know all too well, at that level, it can go away in a hurry. You've been around Major the last couple of seasons. Tell us about him. What What did you think? Uh, were you surprised at the decision? I mean, it was a surprise to some people. He was probably an underdog on a lot of people's list of, of guys, even among the assistant coaches. Todd Orlando was the favorite. What did you think of all that? I thought Todd was pr- personally, and again, nobody's coming to me and asking me, you know, what I, who I think should be the coach. I thought it, I, I honestly thought that Todd was going to get the job because I thought if you, if you had Todd, you could keep major. If you got, if you hired major, I don't think you could keep Todd, which is the way it worked out. But you know what? Uh, he went in there and I talked to people that were part of the interview process. And, and he they said he blew him away. Major's a really quiet guy, understated guy. He is not a, he's not a, you know, he's not going to be Mr. Soundbite. He's not going to be Tom Herman. And, uh, but he went in there with a plan, and I think that's what they like. They like that uh, he went in there and said, this is who I want as a staff. This, I want this, 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 and this, and this is what we can do. And obviously, um, he went to school. I think that's very similar, very similar to the story I heard when Tom Herman interviewed, that he walked in and said, here's my plan. And they obviously liked his plan. And uh, that was the case. I, I like it from the standpoint it keeps, has a better chance of keeping the recruiting class together. Uh, you don't start over. I thought the whole Lane Kiffin thing was, uh, you know, just that would have been that would have been a disaster because you can't you got to bring a guy you, you got to have a guy that's got ties. I like the fact that Major has ties to the recruiting class. He has ties to this team, and he has ties to high school coaches in the state of Texas. And I think that's something University of Houston's head coach needs. You know, I went to some of the press conferences uh, when Major as the offensive with Major as the offensive coordinator, and the, the thing that. I came away with was he was, you know, pretty bland. There wasn't, you know, there's not a lot of electricity around Major Applewhite, but I don't know about you. Watching him at that press conference, the presence, the way he was able to communicate what he wanted, what he said, uh, it was very impressive. And, And more than anything, Kevin, the thing that I came away with was, boy, there was this just this major intense focus that he had, this really intense focus like, you know, this is what I've always wanted. I want to be here. I'm ready for this. And I think there was also, I'll add to that, and I agree with what you said, but I think there was a sense of sincerity to what he was saying. Uh, and and that's not to say that there wasn't with coaches in the in past, but I think that's something, you know, different, different guys are different. I mean, it's going to be, um, you know, some guys are going to be all fired up and, and that's what guys are going to like. And then there's other guys that they say, you know what, as long as that coach is real and who he is, I think kids will respond to it. And, and you know, and hey, time will tell. That's, that's the obvious, uh, that's the obvious answer to, to the major white, uh, major Applewhite situation. Time will tell. And, uh, you know, the thing is, is that you're not going to get a whole lot of time because you, you gotta, it's on a good track right now. And, uh, but you gotta keep that, you gotta keep the train on the rails. I mean, you think about it, I guess Alabama, Clemson, and Ohio State over the last two seasons are the only schools that have won more games in Houston. And uh, that's pretty heady company right there. Well, I'll finish up with the Rockets. And I'm just wondering what to expect this week from Calvin as far as are we going to see some Christmas trees on his uh, suits this week? Is there going to be some decorative hanging balls coming uh, off of the suit? What what are you expecting from Calvin? It's got to be a big week for him. Always expect the unexpected. I just, that's all I can say is that, (laughs) you know, people go, Calvin have I think I think Calvin honestly I don't think he knows what he's going to wear until about 15 minutes before he leaves his house. So because uh, I always asked him I said hey tell me what you tell me what color and, you know we somewhat 
not that we can match, but you know, you won't have brown on, and I'll have blue. You know, you we can we can at least match somewhat a tie. You know, my tie can go somewhat with what you're wearing. But he'll never tell me because he does. And then I figured out after all these years of doing this, the reason he doesn't tell me what he's going to wear or what color he's going to wear is because he doesn't know until the last minute. <laughs> is there a 68 year old that you know with as much energy as Calvin Murphy? No one in the world. My goodness, <laughs> he is. He is what you know. What people see on the air, he he is that. So, yeah, he is. He's true to form. My brother, Kevin Eschenfelder. Hey, thanks so much for doing this, man, and have a great holidays. Same to you. Anytime. For more interviews, subscribe to Houston Sports Talk on iTunes, or if you're an Android user, download our free Houston Sports Talk app in the Google Play Store. We're also available on Stitcher or the TuneIn app, and our website is HoustonSportsTalk.net. Mm-hmm.